0: hey guys welcome back to nick's picks on today's episode we're recapping the first week of the nba season including the best team the most disappointing team who's been the best player the most surprising and the most disappointing thus far this season and i'm joined by my good friends tosh and jerry to break it all down but before we get to the show i want to let you guys know we have a special episode coming out this week i'm bringing on my friend nikki from high school to talk taylor swift relationships and our top five t swift songs of all time we are not only a basketball podcast but a pop culture podcast as well and really trying to tap in to that female demographic because sometimes you got to give the people what they want and the people are asking for taylor swift thank you guys as always for listening and let's get to the show Guys for coming on today. How's it going? How was your guys' uh, Christmas? Jared, I forget, you celebrate Christmas?
1: No, I'm a I'm a good Jew. I just get Chinese food and watch basketball. No movies this year though, <laughs> because uh COVID.
0: Before we get into the conversation, last night or yesterday, all those games were pretty awful. Or like none of them were close really. The average margin of victory for the five teams, 23 and a half points. When another professional team beats another professional team by at least 20, that's pretty bad. But the fact that all five games average out to 23 and a half, that's pretty awful. I wonder where that stands as the worst Christmas games of all time in terms of margin of victory.
1: Do you think it's the good teams being good or the bad teams being bad or just like one team got hot down the stretch? Because some of the games were competitive until.
2: I'd a say it's a, bit later. it's a
0: combination of the two. Like teams such as the Warriors are just playing bad. And teams like the Nets are just really good. The Celtics aren't a bad team, but the Nets are just – they're stacked. Their second unit's almost better than most teams' first units. Yeah,
1: their depth. Tasha, I was talking about that with you yesterday. Their depth is insane. Like, I
2: mean, they're so well-rounded. Yeah, the Nets are going to be tough to beat the best team in the NBA right now. Like, I'm interested to see KD versus LeBron in the finals. Another Kyrie gets his revenge, KD versus LeBron. That's going to be a good final series. So I'm excited for that if it gets to that point.
0: Let's uh yeah, but, let's jump into this. Hold all your thoughts. So I, we're gonna do some categories today. In the first one, we're already on it, best team, and I think we can all agree the Nets.
1: My thing is Tosh, you're a Bucks fan. You just said that you were hyped to see Nets Lakers, <laughs> Katie and, and LeBron. I like that, but that means uh Giannis and your boys wouldn't be making it.
2: I think the Bucks have a shot and they look good too. That's the Warriors. Albeit the Warriors. He's not very good, but it's just going to be hard for a team like the Bucs to beat KD. Like, that guy's the best player in basketball. And if he's going well with the team that they have around him, like, just hard for me to imagine the Bucks being able to beat them.
1: All right, hot take right here. I think Chris Middleton's the most important player in the Bucs.
0: He's the X Factor. If he can perform in the playoffs, because I think Drew Holiday has shown that he can perform in the playoffs a couple years ago when wow. him and – Rondo took care of the Portland Trail Blazers, so I think yes, Chris Middleton's the most important player for them when it comes to playoff time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, obviously Middleton is benefits from Giannis being doubled and all the attention Giannis gets. But like we know, Giannis is just going to put up like twenty five and ten plus rebounds a game, and like when Middleton's going off for thirty plus, again double digit assists, getting rebounds, the Bucks are look unstoppable. And when Chris Middleton's cold. The Bucks don't tend to do as well. So I think that the key to their success is how well Middleton can be down the stretch, which I agree. I mean, I think he's a great player. I think he's so underrated.
2: Yeah, and I've been saying he's underrated for years, and then people are finally coming around. Like he's just got an insane skill to be able to like create his own shot, get other people shots at his size. Like I think he's a top probably 15 player in the NBA at the moment. In terms of the best team, like, I don't think the Bucks are the best team, especially right now, just because their, their bench isn't very good. De, Dante DiVincenzo, though, I oh, think my... he's he's going to be good. It's
0: better. Yeah. He's on my fantasy team. I got him at 130 overall. I was stoked on that because he's getting starter minutes this year, and last night he only played, I think, 20 minutes. I think he's going to be a great player in fantasy, in real life probably as well. Are you guys – I mean, are we surprised at all by Kevin Durant? I mean, I did not see this coming. Like, I did not think he was going to be this effective this early on after coming off the worst injury that an athlete can have.
2: I'm not that surprised. I mean, I had to kind of see it to believe it. But this is not shocking to me. It The thing is, is though it's a long season. And so we'll see how, like, the wear and tear of the 72-game season is affected by that uh, Achilles injury because he might not be – looking as fresh 50 games into the season as he looks now. But I think, I mean, he was the best player in the world before he tore his Achilles. Don't, don't come at me with all this LeBron talk. Beat LeBron twice in the finals. He swept them once. KD was a better player. He got hurt, and now he's back. And I think he's a better player still.
1: Yeah, dude, you took what I was going to say. I think dude. KD's the best <laughs> basketball player in the world when he's fully healthy and he looks back. Um, but we were talking about how the, how the Nets – are going to look great coming out of the gate. Like Kyrie and KD are going to be hungry a lot to prove. Katie was out all season last year getting healthy, didn't go down to the bubble. And it's just a matter of like when they hit that midseason lull in like February and March, whether like they don't implode just on their own egos based on like some internal team conflict. But, you know, Katie, yeah, he looks fully back, which is horrifyingly scary for the rest of the league, especially since he's, he's hungry to prove that he's still at the top of his game.
0: It's only been two games, but his uh, shooting line, 50, 66.7%, 94%. And that's on, that's, eight fre- KD. that's on eight free throw attempts. So we haven't even seen. He's back.
2: He's back. why he beat LeBron Without- twice in the finals. I feel yeah. like
0: we haven't even seen the extent of Kevin Durant. He's only been playing 29 minutes a game in the two games. Like, I think there's a lot more levels he can go up, so that's just scary in its own right. So, yeah, the Nets right now, like, they might be the favorite to win the title, even over the championship Lakers. Like, they're that – they look that dominant in the first two games. And let's move on to most disappointing team. And I think we can all agree on this. And we don't need to wall on it too long. But the Warriors are just awful. And I'll throw out the first stat. 65 points is their margin of loss in the first two games. That's the second worst margin of loss in NBA history to start the season.
2: So hey, – yeah, but- I'm going to I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on that one, Robin. I don't think the Warriors well, they- are the most disappointing team. They've played – Two of the top, probably three teams in the NBA right now. They Uh don't have their second best player, and they have a ton of new guys on their team. So, I mean, it was not going to look pretty for the Warriors the first two games going on the road, playing the Nets and Bucks, both in prime time. So there's three teams that I think are a little bit in trouble who I thought were going to be good to start the season. Number one is the Celtics. And I know they beat the Bucks, but I just don't <laughs> think their depth is very good. Their best Banks player is like Jeff T. or Peyton Pritchard. A hey, T's been great
1: the, for us. Tristan Thompson's been great for us. Tice can shoot are, a little bit better. I think they'll be alright. I'm not the, worried about the them Celtics at all. They haven't all, been disappointing.
2: They'll be alright. Okay, the Celtics are going to be a top six team. Like they'll I'm be not fine. too worried. They'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be alright. They're just not going to win the title. I would still um, say
0: that the Warriors are more disappointing. I, well, I have My another team, team
2: if, after you. Is the is the Mavs? I think the Mavs are in big – like, they don't have anyone other than Luka. And then thirdly is Nuggets, who I don't think Murray's as good as he played in the bubble. So I think that in itself is just going to make it so they're not really a conference championship-type team and more of a team that's going to lose in the first round. Kind of like we've seen with Portland over the years, how they'll maybe go to, like, one conference championship every five or so years because of some luck, and then really they're not actually that good. Of those three teams, I'm going to go with the Mavs. I mean, I don't think – I had the Mavs at third overall, and I don't think they're even close to that. I think they're a fringe playoff team at this point.
0: Yeah, I
1: also had them up pretty high, and I, I think you're right. Like, the game last night, them on primetime, it's really just like Luka <clears throat> going up against the entire Lakers team. Um, and without Christoph Porzingis, there's no, like, second guy, and they have just a bunch of, basically, like, journeymen in the NBA surrounding Luka, and that's just not going to get the job. And I think the Mavs are in serious trouble for sure. Also, I forgot to mention, too, like, the team that I think looked really good that has a really good shot to come out of the East. I think people are still sleeping on the heat. Like, their ball movement is so underrated. They're, like, one of the most unselfish teams. Bam's, like, still going to be just as good as he was last year. j Ballers leading that. Tyler Hero is looking to take, I guess, his next step. I don't know if he can do that. We'll see. But also, Duncan Robinson yesterday lights out. Like, he's not going to do what he did yesterday. He's not going to shoot seven threes a game. But, like, he doesn't look like he's slowing down. Um, one of the best catch-and-shoot guys. So, he, he can kill you a bunch of different ways. Like, death by a
0: thousand cuts from that team. So, look out for them. I'm going to go with the Warriors still. And I think this just shows that Steph Curry might no longer be a superstar. Small sample size, and yes, he went up against two of the best three teams uh, in I think, the NBA. I think he's a
1: superstar. I think that – I mean <laughs> – I think yeah, uh, there's Noel, something missing from his shooting rhythm right now. Like he was taking some deep threes that weren't even sniffing the basket, but like, I think if you give him like another week or two, he'll be all right.
2: Steph Curry's played five games in the last yeah. two years. He's he, not just going to come out game yeah. one in prime Steph Curry form. I mean, he's, he's the best little... shooter we've ever seen. Like he'll be, he'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. And,
0: with, no, with no all-star teammates, he looks more like Seth Curry.
1: I think, but Wiseman could be an all-star teammate, like very low-key. I don't know if they'll yeah, put the rookie on the Draymond team, but he's. Is, I mean, I would like, say former they get Dr- all-star for Draymond. Well, I don't think he still at the
2: level he was. The Warriors don't have anyone to create shots for Steph, other than Draymond. What about Kelly Ubra and Wiggins? You're so happy yeah, to have those I, guys.
1: They're not. They don't. Look I mean, hopefully,
2: yeah, they they're not Besides, very good. Well, besides I mean, Ubra's monster
1: putback, that was dope.
2: It, yeah, and over KD. But yeah. those guys need to be just catch and shoot three-point guys, not creating offense. Once once Draymond gets back, they're going to be more doing that, and less of trying to create offense.
0: We'll wait um, until Draymond comes back until the jury is out on the Warriors. Okay, I'll give you that. He I mean, I don't the think they're player. very good,
2: but I wouldn't say that that's disappointing. I just kind of assume that they
0: will. That stat I just threw you the. Out of the 75 years of the NBA, they have the second worst start in NBA history. That's pretty disappointing. <laughs> Jared, come on. You can agree with me here.
1: Yeah, but, I, like, I'm not hitting the panic on the Golden State Warriors. Like, they have enough pieces. will have figured out I, – like, I don't think anybody that follows the league closely thinks that they're going to make a run at the title this year without Clay. Um, I think that would mm-hmm. be, like, pretty, pretty aggressive. But I definitely think they'll be a relevant team competing, like, in the middle of the pack. Like bottom bottom half of the Western Conference, like six through eight. I think they'll end up somewhere in there because the West we've seen is is pretty stacked.
0: Okay, let's move on to the player categories. Unless, Tosh, you have a last point to make?
2: I was just going to say uh, go listen to the Tosh and Jerry podcast, our (laughs) NBA preview, if you want more on the Warriors. I mean, I had them as, I think, the eighth best team in the West. I think that they're still right around there.
0: And let's take a commercial break. After this commercial break, we will be discussing player categories from yesterday's games, including best player, best rookie, most disappointing, and most surprising players. And this show is brought to you by Yerba's, the new hard seltzer Yerba Mate, made here locally in San Diego, California. Your buzz is on us. Now back to the show. We can all agree on one of the categories of players, and that's the top rookie. Am I right, James Wiseman? It's gotta
1: be Jay yeah. Wiseman. Dude, and, he's a seven footer that can shoot, rebound, runs the floor crazy well, and like we gotta remember, he played what? Is it one or two games two, in college? Two or like, three. Still, yeah. yeah, two or three. He's so he's such a raw talent, so like, and he looks awesome. Like, think about how much further he can develop. Uh, Tasha, I think you said that he could be like the next Giannis. Very low key on, on the uh, <laughs> Warriors. I think he could be better. Giannis is great, Whoa. and I don't want to take anything away from him, but Jay Wiseman has just as much size, speed can pass, and I think he might be a little bit better of a shooter. So, like, I don't see any reason why, if he continues his development, he wouldn't be better. I think Wiseman's already way ahead of where Giannis was his rookie season. So, like, I, I think it's very, very possible. And I might be, like, really early on this. And so I want to know now before, like, three years from now, <laughs> dude. I'm not sleeping on James that, Wiseman.
0: Great that is player. a ridiculous claim. He's and played, two, he's played two NBA games, and you just said he could, be he could be better than a two-time back-to-back reigning MVP. He, he could though. God,
1: I mean, he could. could. Wiseman is like a combo of Shaq and Giannis. Like I think he's the best of both worlds. He got outside game, inside game. He could do like I don't see a weakness in his game sides, maybe like help side Dean right now.
2: James Wiseman also had literally five practices with the team before he started playing in games. Yeah, five practices, no preseason games, no summer, <laughs> no summer league, none of that. He just comes out there and balls. He's seven feet. He's. Got this nine foot six standing reach. Like he can handle the ball, shoot.
1: I don't think I'll, all right. I'll give Giannis this. I think he can do, guard you know more positions like two through five. I don't think Wiseman's there just yet. I don't. Maybe he could develop in that, but right now I just see him guarding the four and the five. So like that's I'm not all Wiseman on this one. I think Giannis definitely is still a better player right now. Just want to clear things up there.
0: I'm gonna let you uh, Tosh choose the next category. It's surprising best player most dominant.
2: I'll go with a uh, best player and I'm going to pick uh, Kyrie Irving who saged the uh, Boston garden a week ago and he <laughs> came back in and took down his old team. I think he put up like 31 like, points super efficiently. He's looked really good this season. And but are you surprised he, that he's good? Like uh, we know no, Kyrie Irving is but... good on the court. Uh,
0: Actually, I don't know. I think he's a little overrated for what everything he brings to the table. Like, I don't think he's worth all this trouble. I just want to say if he can
2: just not cause craziness on that team this year, I think they're going to win the finals. So, please, Kyrie, can you just, like, not be crazy and beat LeBron in the finals? And that would be a fun season. He gets his revenge. He's looked really good. And, um if he's playing like this he's he's always struggled with injuries though so he's got to stay healthy he was the best player on christmas and then one other shout out quickly to uh chris middleton we kind of talked about him earlier but Mm. he he was also really good in that game and just making crazy shots so i would say he would be uh second on my list too
0: jared you go next i'll uh
1: i'll wait so i think we also talked about my guy i would say a different guy in the nets is most dominating surprising in a good way kevin durant he's back he's healthy (laughs) I'm so excited. I love watching Kevin Durant. Best scorer uh, like, of ease of all time. Arguably like the best player in the NBA of all time, You know, besides Michael. Like Kosh was saying, head-to-head, head, him and LeBron, like, I'll take Kevin Durant any day. He's taller, he can do more. I, I just love the guy. I think he gets a lot of hate in the media for whatever reason, so I don't really get that. Another dude, baby uh, uh, Kevin Durant, if you will, my guy Jason Tatum. Hit the game winner against the Bucs. Looks absolutely awesome. He's taken that fourth-year superstardom, continuing his ascent. Although we did kind of not look that great against the Nets on, on Christmas. So we definitely still have some work to do as a team. But individually, Tatum's just going to be dominant for the next decade.
2: Um, the Celtics were making everything that opening night. If they can play like that, um, I mean they're going to be in, in a serious threat. Yeah, it's a big if. Wow. It's a big if. <laughs> yeah.
0: So the best player from last night or from yesterday's games, and he is now the best player in the entire NBA In my opinion, I'll say that Anthony Davis is now the best player in the world. He is better than LeBron James. He put up – he hit three of five threes. He put up 38 rebounds, five assists. He can do everything on the court. And for good measure, he added a couple steals. He is the best player in the world. He showed it last night. He dominated every facet of the game. The way he alters shots when he's on the other side of the court is just unbelievable.
2: I think he's the best uh, defensive player in the game. But offensively, sometimes he gets cold and those mid-range shots aren't hitting. And that's th- when LeBron yeah. takes over. And we yeah. have seen what happens when he has his own team and can't carry his own team. Evenly. He's also 27 deepening. years
0: old. He's in the prime of his career. Same with Giannis. Him and Giannis, I think, are one, two, the best players in the league. So, yeah, nah. I'm going to take Anthony. Nah, I would
2: disagree, nah, with, nah, that. Dis- yeah, I disagree I with that. I disagree with that. I, I would put KD up there. I would put LeBron up there. I think in some order it goes
1: Anthony Davis, <laughs> LeBron, KD, and then Giannis Ford. Yeah. And I might be forgetting somebody in there, but something like that.
0: Why are we disrespecting Giannis so much? The guy just won back to back MVPs. I know he struggled in the playoffs because he but...
1: bricks everything beyond <laughs> the arc. Like you see at the end of the games, teams are leaving him wide open. Like if you're the stud player, you're gonna want the and, ball in your
0: hands. I don't think, if you think
1: you have putting, two
2: defenders. Having someone as fourth overall best player in the NBA, I don't know if I would call that disrespecting them. Yes, I mean, but – still... Look
1: at the guys ahead of him. Anthony Davis, who you just said is the best player in the league. Okay. LeBron James, who is arguably the second best player to ever play behind Michael Jordan. Uh, and then Kevin Durant, who we just said is the best offensive player in the game. I think he's the best player in the game. But, he's fully healthy. But right so now – how is that disrespectful?
0: Because the guy just won – back-to-back MVPs, and was rated the best player, the best defensive player. Russell Westbrook won the
1: MVP. Okay, Russell Westbrook and James Harden both won an MVP. Does that mean they're top five players in the league?
0: But he also won Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Okay, but Tasha
1: said that Anthony Davis is the best defensive player in the game.
2: The thing that's holding Giannis back is a three-point shot. Well, not even that because I think he's seven feet tall and he doesn't need a three-point shot, but I just don't think that the Bucks do a good job of getting him in positions to score easily. Mm-hmm. Like he has to do a lot of creating from the three point line on dribbles and stuff. And like, he's good at it, especially for a seven footer. But I think if they had a true point guard who could get him in great pick and roll situations to him running to the basket, catching lobs, getting guys pinned down deep, like he would be a much more efficient player. Right now, he's kind of acting like a small forward in the sense that he starts on the outside and, like, tries to create. And it's just – I just don't think he's being used that well. Like, he put him in Anthony Davis's role, and I like that a little bit more for him.
0: So we have two more categories left. I'm going to start with most disappointing because I think you're going to need some time to think about most surprising player because I don't think that really pops up in your head. Jared, you want to begin this?
1: Uh, I actually have a, m- a better most surprising one if I could take it there.
0: Let's yeah. Let's
1: uh, switch it then. Uh, Precious Achua, the rookie on the Heat. I was watching their game against the Pelicans yesterday, and I guess he's going to be their backup center. This dude looks really, really good. I guess he fell the twentieth because he was injured. I think the Heat did one of these things where they drafted a guy in the mid twenties who could have gone in the top fifteen, arguably top ten, if he had a healthy season in college. I think they found a study. Seven feet can shoot a little bit. Runs the floor really well. Moves his feet well on defense too, and like is in incredibly long he wasn't really on my radar until yesterday but as i'm watching more heat games like it's pretty obvious that he's going to be a big piece for them which just helps their depth out even more so
2: i like that pick i was actually considering taking him i think he's he's just brings a ton of energy to the floor and he's not going to be great at any one thing but he's going to be a solid backup center he can probably hold his own in the playoffs guarding a bunch of different positions so. He's kind of like a better Nerlens Noel. He's almost like um like like Jay Crowder who can't shoot who's like a little bit taller. Got <laughs> yeah, It's good comp. For me, my most surprising would be Dante DiVincenzo. Everyone knows in the tournament he went off in the finals, won the Natty with, with Villanova. Bucks drafted him. I was like, okay, he could probably be a solid bench piece, maybe develop into a solid bench piece. And then his rookie year, he had moments, didn't play that much. Last year, he played pretty well, like, was getting better, COVID hit, came back in the bubble, and in the bubble, he sucked and didn't do anything. And then coming into this year, he's starting, and I'm like, okay, he's starting, I don't know about this, like, hopefully he can develop. And he has looked so good. I mean, his three-point shot looks – he looks like a dead-eye shooter. Plus, he's just brings so much defensive energy – can dribble the ball a little bit, make some plays. Like, I think he's going to develop into a really good starter, and I didn't think that this offseason. So, through two games, I mean, he's going to – I think he's going to be a really good piece for the Bucs and and a nice fifth man in that starting rotation.
0: I'm going with more of a veteran elder presence here, and I'm going to go with Nikola Batum for the L.A. Clippers. He has been great for them so far in the two games. Compared to last year especially, he played 22 minutes a game. And he averaged three and a half points a game. And everyone thought he was done. They got him on a cheap contract to come to the Clippers. And so far, he's put up eight points, eight rebounds, five assists a game, shooting 50% from the field, 37% from deep. And I think he's going to be a key piece in their championship run this year.
2: I had a question about the Clippers. I was, so, to me, last year, their biggest issue was their guard play and, and the fact that they can't create shots unless it's Paul George or Kawhi Leonard and those guys are forwards. sometimes it's better to have them, like, running off screens and stuff. While Nicola Batum, I was thinking about taking him. Like, I just don't think that their signings really help their needs this offseason, and I don't know if they have a good enough guard play to win the championship. I'm big on Ibaka, mm-hmm. George. I'm big on their forwards and big men at this point. I think is better than Harold, but their guards just worry me.
0: But, I mean, Paul George is essentially a guard.
1: He, uh, I think of him more as a small forward, even though I guess he kind of plays shooting he, guard. Do you want
2: him? Do you want him as the guy to initiate offense in crunch time? I would. I don't know. I would rather in the regular a, season. Yeah, in the postseason,
0: absolutely not.
2: <laughs> exactly. They need yeah, so like, one
0: piece. They need one point guard that they can put out there, like a Rondo type. That's what they needed. If they had gotten Rondo, they might be the favorites to win the title. But they didn't help the one piece they need the most, which, like you said, Tosh, was a point guard. Someone that can come off the bench and create offense without having to score. They didn't solve that issue. And moving on, most disappointing player from yesterday's games, beginning of this year's season, who wants to begin?
2: Uh, I'll go first. My most disappointing is Kelly Oubre. The Warriors traded for him. There was all this hype that he was going to replace Klay Thompson or whatever. I didn't, didn't really buy it, but I thought he would be a serviceable starter and maybe be even better than Andrew Wiggins. And he has been so bad. He can't buy a shot. Even worse than his shooting is him trying to make plays off the dribble to get other guys open. He can't do any of that. He's been been a turnover machine. He was one of ten last night. I think in his first game he had a similar stat line. I'm hoping he can play better so we can get a first-round pick for him, a late first-round pick for him in, in the uh, trade deadline but as of now I mean it's not looking good for him I mean he's gonna he's not gonna get much of the trade deadline <laughs> the way he's playing
1: my disappointing also comes from the Golden State Warriors but it's a little bit different than Tosh's, just because I think my player figures it out and mine's Steph Curry so far he played 30 minutes yesterday only scored 19 points if you're this lead superstar on the Warriors and you're looking to get back healthy and this is Christmas day you gotta be balling out like I don't care if it's on volume. Like, like you gotta be carrying that team. You can't be getting blown out by the Bucks on Christmas like that. But the difference with Curry and Oubre is I think that Curry figures it out because he's, you know, a superstar, one of the best shooters or the best shooter of all time, I should say. Um and he's just had a couple bad games, you know, coming back off injury. He's just not in a shooting rhythm yet. That's fine. I don't think I think he figures it out, unlike Kelly Ubre, who I think yeah, the Warriors should definitely look to move. Or Tosh, I think you could you could probably package Ubre and and Wiggins for, for a nice piece instead of instead of a draft that would help you guys.
2: I would definitely not be opposed to anything on from both of them. I just With Wiggins' contract, I don't know who's going to take him.
1: But think about it, though. There's always a team that wants Wiggins for whatever reason, that thinks that they're the place that can fix him.
2: Everyone's been hitting me up about, oh, Wiggins, he sucks, Blag, you guys trade for him, blah, blah, blah. The reason we traded for him is to get the Minnesota Timberwolves' first round pick this year, which yep. hopefully is going to be between three through 10 and we'll get another star to pair with wiseman curry and clay and Draymond. plus no, our the warriors front
1: office is doing it right i think if they have a if they have an opportunity to move either of those dudes to better their situation they definitely will like they've proven yeah. time and again that they'll be they'll make the right decision besides almost it. trading steph but i think that was before bob myers came on board
0: I have to go with Jared. I think it is without a doubt, no question, that Steph Curry has been the most disappointing player, not just yesterday, but in the entire NBA. And, yes, I know he played five games last year, but he's had a lot of time to rest, a lot of time. He's gotten some game reps in in the preseason. I know it's going to take a little bit longer, but the numbers he's put up thus far is excruciatingly bad. He is four for 20 on the year from deep. He's been able to create for teammates, but the way he's been shooting, if the Warriors want any chance at the playoffs, we need to see 2016 Stephen Curry.
1: There's a, there's nowhere to go but up for him. I think he'll be exactly. he'll, he'll look better definitely. next week and the week after, and he'll be all right.
2: At the same time, though, I think as a Warrior fan, I don't want them to be – I want them def- to definitely be in the lottery <laughs> because that's the only chance we're going to be able to have to get Cade Cunningham. And if we can get Cade Cunningham, I think that automatically elevates us to back to championship contenders. Yeah, but the Warriors point. have
1: too good of a team right now to be in the lottery, I think, like with Wiseman, even Uber Wayne and I Steph. Think,
2: I think if you uh, rest Steph Curry, I think they could Yeah, like but a healthy Steph's
1: lottery. not gonna he's not gonna want he's, he's not gonna agree to rest. He's not a big load management guy.
2: Tosh,
0: I agree yeah. with you. Looking at the Warriors, you're not gonna win the championship this year. You probably don't wanna make a playoffs as, as a fan get a lottery pick. The team probably doesn't want that. The organization probably does, but you don't want to lose another year of Stephen Curry in his prime. You already lost last year. You're going to lose two years in a row of Stephen Curry in his prime.
1: But what does it player. matter about the whole prime thing if they don't win the title?
0: I look at the resume. When I look at the greatest players of all time, I look at resumes. That's why I put Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the third greatest player of all time. Cause he has a, yeah, but nobody resume. puts Bill
1: Russell as number one to ever play. And he has the most ranked. So like, the resume can only get you so far. You also have to watch the games and, like, see how they were and, like, how they were used. I agree with you, though. Like, like Steph, there's no reason Steph should sit out if he's healthy. There's no reason for that. I'm saying it would definitely be the right decision for the Warriors to tank because they're not going to win the title and there's no reason for them to put Steph out there, really. But, like, a guy like Steph they know is not going to want to sit. I think both things are true even though they have opposing goals. Like, obviously, you want the Warriors to have the best overall draft pick if you're a Warriors fan to get better as soon as possible. But a guy like Steph is not going to sit out after just sitting out a whole year if he's healthy. Like we just talked about, he's not a load management guy.
0: You just yeah, contradicted I mean? yourself, though, by saying the only reason you play is to win a championship. But Bill Russell isn't considered the best player, even though he has the most championship Well, He's not,
1: though, right? He's like, not. You do play to win a championship. <laughs> but I'm, you're saying, like, you look at the resume overall. But if you're comparing Steph's resume or LeBron's resume to Bill Russell's, and you'd be like, "Oh wow, Bill Russell has ten championships. LeBron has four championships." You're not gonna be like, "Oh wow, Bill Russell's such a better player than LeBron." Like, no, LeBron's a better player than Bill Russell.
0: When I'm talking about the resume, <laughs> I'm talking about the championships, the first team honors, the MVPs, this and that. So if Steph Curry okay. won MVP this year, that would be a. Pretty, but I'm not. But
1: yeah. I'm also saying like he should be playing every single game this year. I'm not arguing <clears throat> for him to be sitting out. I'm saying that theoretically it would be the best thing for the Warriors yeah. to do to lose every game, get you know a top draft pick, and then have everybody come back healthy next year with Clay, Steph, Draymond,
2: Wiseman. Uh, but that's just not how it works. With the lottery odds, the way that they are, now every team in the lottery has a shot. And if you're, like, even, like, 10th worst, you have a decent shot. So I think, like, being around there is worth it. Instead of being the 16th worst team and being an eight seed and losing to uh, the Lakers round one, it's better to be the 10th worst team. And maybe that comes down to resting Steph on – 10 games that he wouldn't Mm -hmm. rest otherwise. It's weird, though. The lottery, like,
1: I like what they did originally to flatten out the odds, but it it looks like it hasn't disincentivized tanking. If anything, it might have incentivized it more because teams have a better chance being a little bit less worse.
2: (laughs) Would have had the opposite effect.
0: Before we go, has anyone watched anything good on television lately or movies, little pop culture? can I say one
2: more thing about the NBA that I wanted to run by you guys? Yes, go. I think... In the Western Conference, it's clear the four best teams, and I think it's the Lakers, the Clippers, the Suns, and Utah. And Portland, um, Denver, and the Mavericks, we're getting all this hype coming into the year, and I don't think they're that good. And I think the Suns and Utah are going to be the biggest threats to the Lakers and Clippers.
1: The Suns, for sure. The Jazz, I just don't know that they're different than any other year that they've been together, although I guess Bogdan's back healthy, or at best back with the team rather than sitting out. But I think it's a little too early to count out the Blazers. Dame had a bad game. I think that they'll be competitive. They're probably not top four, though, in the West.
0: It's way too early to say that the Suns and the Utah Jazz are in the, actually, maybe not the Jazz because they've been consistent over the last half decade. But the Suns have – If anything, though, I like,
1: I like the Suns' roster more than the Jazz though overall.
0: But, again, the Suns have played one game and haven't made the playoffs in ten years. But, yes, they do have a very good – talented team and yeah. Chris Paul making the playoffs addition. they're making the playoffs yeah Yep. any last uh, thoughts I, on the NBA
2: I don't have any and on in terms of TV I have <laughs> not really been watching too much other than sports <laughs> as usual
0: i watched a lot Cobra Kai Euphoria the flight attendant
2: oh how is flight <laughs> attendant I actually
1: didn't mean to get to that but I just haven't put it on yet
0: it worth was- watching yeah, definitely worth watching. It was good. The ending was, like, a little disappointing, I think, in my opinion. And it looks like they're going to have a
1: season two. I did just finish watching the – it was, like, the Olympic Park bombing. I forget what it's called on Netflix. It was really good, though, and I was about the chase to find the guy who was – find a bunch of bombings in the south in the 90s. Um, and I didn't even know it was based on, at, like, real events until, like, the very end. And so I was like, oh, wow, that is shocking that happened.
0: What uh, provider is that on? Or streaming on, so netflix. Netflix? on netflix netflix what's, what's yep. it called again
1: so that tv show on called manhunt Dem- deadly games and it's about a guy who went around bombing the south and one of them was at the olympic games in atlanta it was really really good and based
0: on true events you know they just made a movie about that now it was it was it was nominated for uh best picture uh, it was named after the i think the. oh 16- richard Jewell. yes yeah
1: yeah he's in he's in
0: this yeah he's the
1: main like one of the main characters in this like as it happened um i haven't seen the movie yet but i definitely do want to check that
0: out that's a moment that you two weren't born yet i was only two years old so that's a moment that none of us really remember in his in the in u.s history but that was probably a big moment in 1995 when that happened but neither of us remembered it you guys weren't even Neither of you were born right in 1995 and i was only two so that's like funny looking back at moments that we weren't alive to see how it went like in 20 years people are going to be talking about covid to our children and they're not going to know what covid meant but we'll know because we're living through it right now yeah
2: Yep, we are
0: <laughs> we're so close to being out of it can't wait we'll be back with a vengeance oh, this summer
1: yeah i don't need winter to be so, back
0: but if summer's back that would be that would be
1: ideal i would really like that
0: i always
2: say everything's back and it never actually is
0: back. <laughs> hey guys thanks for coming on my show today. It was a good one. Come back again. Let's do it soon.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you, Robin.